welcome to the third season of the Pig X Podcast and another installment. I'm your host, Delaney Howell, and this month's episode welcomes two fantastic industry experts to discuss the topic of how to successfully manage sow farms. Chris Blevins and Lance Dunbar begin by sharing their personal and professional backgrounds in the industry. So first things first, let's hear from Chris about his background, not necessarily growing up in the swine industry. I'm originally from from Southern Indiana. Um, not really, not really much of a a swine background. Um, you know, it just kind of one of those deals that uh, that fell fell sort of fell in my lap at the time. Um, Country Mark Co-op had partnered up there in Indiana with other smaller co-ops, and they were building barns. And uh, there at home, my uncle uh, built built a set of, of finishing barns. It, it kind of intrigued me. And it just kind of just kind of went from there. I, I started doing it as a job that summer, and kind of by that fall, uh, it, w- it was something that became became pretty permanent. And that's that's kind of how it how it all started. And that would have been back in the fall of '95. Thanks so much, Chris, for sharing your background, Lance. Let's turn it over to you. You know, I, I didn't grow up in necessarily swine industry. Uh, we did have some, you know, um, horses and and uh, chickens and, uh, you know, I was in FFA and all those things as a young man. Uh, but more than anything, uh, in high school, started working on a, a, a small sow farm at that size, at that time, about a 600 sow farm. And then uh, in uh, 1993, I became an assistant manager on an 800 and uh, was there until about uh, early 2000, somewhere in there. Came to work for Cartage uh, System as a, as a uh, farm manager of a 2600 and, uh, and really the rest is history. Became a PM a few years later and, and worked with Chris um, as senior production managers as we graduated up through the through the ranks, so to speak. And uh, and uh, you know today I've been with this company uh, years of service, around 20 years uh, between a production manager, senior production manager, and associate director. Something we can't ignore in the industry right now is the struggle to retain employees. Lance and Chris addressed this subject in their recap, having both recently returned from the South Summit. I was really, really impressed with what was what was put together there. The speakers that was 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 brought forward, you know, really enjoyed the panel part. Uh, Lance and I and our background working together in the past, being able to discuss that, uh, you know, the, the background of what it's taken. I think the biggest struggle that we see within our industry today, and especially on the South Farms, is is finding employees and and then retaining those employees and and I think that's something that uh, Lance and I over the years have definitely had our failures but had our our successes as well. Yeah, I think uh, to add to what Chris said, I mean there it was uh, it was a, a really good it was a good South Summit and uh, it was a lot of great questions that came out of the meeting and and a lot of great follow up discussions and. And, and, uh, as Chris mentioned, as, you know, working together over time and we had to build, um, you know, how we build and train and develop, um, leaders inside of the business. And, and, you know, Chris, um, you know, as Chris mentioned, uh, we're working in separate companies now, but I think we still hold that, uh, that very close to our hearts because, um, you know, you, 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 you really do have to lay out a career path and, and get them started right, uh, in the farms and uh, really develop and mentor those people. 
Now, when discussing labor shortages, one of the best places to start is by analyzing the employee recruitment process. Lance and Chris shared their strategies on how to bring more people into the world of sow farming. So I, I think the, the first thing is, is it's really, really word of mouth by creating that base within, within the employees that you have, getting them to be enthusiastic about it, getting them to see a career path, um, and, and then them getting out into the communities that, that we're, we're in, having those discussions, telling people, you know, Hey, this is a great place to work. You know, it's, it's not what, not quite what you think. I mean, people, people have a, a misconception, I think, of our industry because of biosecurity and we don't let people in, but, um, making sure that the people that, that we currently have, we're building those up and, and getting those out in the community. And then for me, I think heavy involvement with our, our local youth programs, FFA, 4-H, um, continuing to tell our story is probably where it has to start in our own backyards. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I would have to agree with, with Chris. Really, it's about uh, a lot of it's word of mouth. Even if you think about uh, recruiting forum, if you think about TMs or J1s or uh, local, it's all about uh, where people want to be. And uh, Chris had mentioned a career path. And so it's where you're going to come in at and your path of I'm going to be trained. I'm going to be certified. I'm going to when I meet a certification, I'm going to I'm going to get a, a, a pay bump. And when I meet the next certification and I'm certified in, in those areas in the Farring House, for example, I'm going to get a pay bump. And at a certain point, I can become a lead. And so exactly what Chris had said was, is that, you know, you, you have to create the you know, a career path, but we have to create the best environment for both pigs and people. And uh, that gets your story out there where people want to work for you. Now, over the years, we've seen a lot of different changes from recruiting employees to the way we manage our pigs. But overall, we're seeing less folks come from farming backgrounds into the swine industry, which is why Chris and Lance share it's important to make this industry exciting for new people to enter the system and have a career path in the swine industry. I think I'd look at guys like Chris and I as just old big guys. And, and we, we work, you know, over the years, we've worked with a lot of people that are, that are, you know, grew up around the farm or grew up in grain or grew up, uh, you know, somewhere uh, where they're working with their hands. They're somewhat mechanically inclined. And, and today, some of that we don't have. And so it's an, you know, how that would change is there just isn't as many uh, farm folks out there as what there used to be. And we have to make it an inviting and enticing for those, for, for young people coming right out of college, uh, for people that may uh, come to work here from uh, another country, uh, for them again to see that, hey, I can, I can come into this system, I have a career path, uh, come into this industry and have a career path. And, um, I can really, I can become a manager, for example, of a, you know, 10 or $12 million operation. So that's, you know, we've had to, as a, as an industry, we've had to broaden our, our, our horizon, so to speak, and say, we've got to get more feelers out there uh, to, to bring more people in. I would resonate there on what, what Lance said. And, and when I think back to, to the recruiting side and, and when I first started, so, you know, I, I had, had an ag background, definitely not swine, um, but it was different. I knew that I wanted to do something in agriculture, and, and we don't find find that today. 
And so I find myself, you know, telling our story, ex explaining what we do, the science behind it, the technology that we, we use, uh, trying to entice a lot of those young people to, to come forward, you know, Hey, give it a try. Let me, let me show you, you know, as far as that, that end of it, I think, I think how we recruit and how we go about it today, uh, we definitely have to change with the times. So it's, it's a little tougher from when I started to, to where it's at today. And really it's about showing them where you could be in, in two years or five years. And, and, you know, I mean, we, we have some people and, and I think that, uh, you know, when we hire, when we hire somebody, the one thing that, that we have to make sure we do is, is understand what their goals are. You know, we hire, we hire people that some people, they don't want responsibility. They don't want to be a manager. They don't want to be that, but if they can come in and, and they can be the best guy breeding sows or they can be the best person doing day one care. Uh, we, we got to make sure we reward that and recognize that. And then the people that do want to grow and develop recognize that and, and work towards laying out that career path. Let's take a quick second here to digest all of that information before we turn our attention to the retention side of the business. Now that we've talked about recruitment, let's talk about retention. Chris and Lance both have a great grasp on what it takes to help build careers and set goals for their workers that they share with us next. I think the biggest thing that, that keeps them around is making sure that, that we have those conversations, that their manager, that, that the upper management, that that employee, we can keep that employee, him or her, totally engaged, you know, back to that, that career path, you know, where do they want to be? Where do they fit in? What's their goals? And recognizing that, uh, you know, we're all human. We, we all have difficulties outside of work and trying to be as flexible as possible. I mean, you, you have a lot of single, single parent households and stuff today, you know, how can, how can I flex that schedule and, and, and allow that person to come in later, you know, I, I think the biggest thing on retention is is making sure that we're aware that every person's an individual and how can I help them fit, grow, and be successful within the organization. I think Chris and I both worked on this over the years, but uh, you know, to what keeps employees and and Chris nailed it. And and it's the manager being engaged with the team. Uh, the manager has to you know touch everybody every day as far as you know how are you doing, how's your family, you know while they're working but with that as Chris mentioned you know times have changed and so a lot of people don't want to work uh, you know 11 out of 14 days anymore on the big farm and and so I know Chris has been working with that as well but you know we've went to different schedules later start times I mean it's nothing for Chris and I to, to have been in barns at 5 5 five thirty in the morning but more we've we flexed those schedules and we went to a, a lot of farms. We went to a five, two schedule where it's, they only work five days and they're off two. they work five. They may not be the Saturday, Sunday, but they're not working as many straight days. We've learned to flex and move our schedules to still take care of animals and, you know, to make sure that, um, you know, the, the environment and air and, and water is all there and we still get those things done in the units, but people still get time off to spend with their families. In order to help their employees achieve goals and progress in their careers, a large part has been to provide professional development. The two talk about individualized training 
incentive programs, and education, and how that plays out on the farm. You know, as we as we evolve, you know, it used to be Chris and May may take tell somebody uh, in the units, um, you know, this is what we need to get accomplished, and you know, it, it's um, you know, this is what we need to get done in a certain time frame, and and a bulk of the time that would get done. Um, but as times have moved here in the and as we've we've moved along especially with younger, the younger generation, we have to really lay out, as Chris mentioned earlier, uh, the reason why we do the things, why it's so important, and we have to make it really simple. And so uh, when we think about SOPs and units, and I know Chris can really hone into this as well, we sometimes make SOPs so wide, they just get lost. And so we've tried to make SOPs and, and how we do things in the in the industry, um, in the business um really simple as far as you tell them, you show them uh, an SOP or show them a procedure, and then you show them a video. And that seems to work really well. And then you go out and do it with them. You go out in the barn and do it. And that's how they're going to learn and they're going to pick it up really fast. And so that's worked really well. Back to the certification question is it's, you know, in your first 30 or 60 days, you're certified on certain areas. So you may be asked to do uh, so many shots on day one shots on baby pigs. Well, after you've done so many litters and you've worked on that, you're certified in that area. And so as you certify up, that keeps them engaged on what certifications or what things I can be uh, certified on next in that career path. Yeah, I'd, I'd chime in there with with Lance on that. I mean, I think when we when we look at what we've done to to train train and retain and help them on their career path. Uh, one of the things I always like to remember is that uh, what, what Lance said, the do show tell review type deal, you know, you, you've got to be, you've got to be out there hands on. You've got to realize that not everybody, not everybody learns the same way. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people that will be able to pick up a book, watch a video and boom, they've got it. They can go do it. And there's some people that they read the, the SOP they watch the video and they're still sitting there looking at it going, ah, I still can't get this. And the minute you go out and you walk them through and you show them light bulbs go off and they've got it. And I, I think that's the thing is, is recognizing each person as that individual and helping them, you know, Hey, this person learns more hands on this person, <laughs> you know, you, you give them the SOP, they've got it. And, uh, and just trying to identify their learning their learning skills and, and how they best uh, best relate to that and and rolling with it. And I think that just comes over time and, and a lot of conversation back to what we'd said earlier about make sure, you know, know your know each of your employees, make, make sure that that everybody understands that, that they count, you know, that they're really, really part of a bigger picture. Yeah. And that's I think that's really important, too. It just goes right down to the herdsmen. Who might just be feeding fair in rooms or, you know, celebrate their birthdays, celebrate anniversaries. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of that, make them part of those outstanding teamwork awards, for example, make them feel like, hey, this farm, you know, we, we do a farm of the month program where it's one farm is not just on production, might be teamwork or might be cleaning up a, you know, a disease infection, um, you know, issue at the farm. It might be some of those things where it's just, hey, the, they've really worked well as a team together. We're going to reward them and we're going to, you know, plaster their picture everywhere and get them t-shirts. And that, and that really makes it fun. And I think employees enjoy that. Yeah, I, I agree. And so, sometimes it's the, 
it's as simple as picking up the phone and, and calling and saying, Hey, you know, thanks for everything you've been doing. I really appreciate it. I mean, it's, it's amazing how far some of that stuff goes. In all their time in the industry, these two have written their own clear definitions of success when it comes to sow farming. I mean, I think when, when I narrow it down to a couple things, the, the telltale sign for me is, um, and, and I won't even focus on the production number side of it for this one, but if, if I can go into a sow farm and you struggle identifying who the manager is, that for me is a huge success because everybody is doing their job. The training's going on. And then you find the manager out. He's decided to go AI sows because he can and everything's still going along. For me, that's, that's the number one success because they, they have figured out how to become a team and everybody's going for the same goal. Yeah, for me, it would be uh, along the same lines as Chris. And uh, I think a manager that reaches out to Chris or myself and says, hey, this is the problem I'm having. And this is the, the, the really the obstacle I'm having with with production or the obstacle I'm having with employees. Uh, a manager that that meets me at the door and says, hey, these are the things I need help with. And uh, you walk to the unit and as Chris said, you know, the farm is clean. Everyone's busy. Everyone is in a great mood. They have, you know, good meetings together. They share the records. They're competitive. Um, and you don't, you don't go onto the farms and it's an aha moment. It really is fun to walk through the farm and visit with the farm managers and the employees along with that because they're all working as a, as a family unit, so to speak. Well, as always, it's that time of the episode where we like to give you, our listeners, an actionable item that you can take to improve your operation. Oh, I think the the, uh, action items that I'd walk away with would be uh, just make sure from the time you you get new employees or or, uh, even some that have had previous experience in the past, uh, first, make sure they have a, a, a very good understanding of what their career path is. Make sure they know that they're they're appreciated, and um, you know, with that, it's accountability. So when I mean accountability, I mean for myself as well. So if I uh, take on a new manager, not only would that new manager say uh, I would lay out what the expectations would be of that new manager or HOD, but their expectations of me and the company, and how can I help you? And so I know Chris is this way too. But when we go to a South Farm, we say, "What do you need help with?" And um, that's the most important thing, because if they know you're going to help them and you're going to have they're going to settle in and be very positive and and not be afraid to reach out for help. I think the other thing along with that is for just employees in general is make sure that you have a career path. Make sure that you're saying this is where you can go if you meet these certifications. This is where you can be in 90 days, a year from now, two years from now. And also identify leaders, identify leaders in your your units and say, can this be the next future leader, whether it's a a lead or an HOD or a farm manager and put them in some kind of a program to develop them and get them the the training they need to to take the next step. Yeah, I agree agree with that 100 percent, Lance. Two things I chime in here on is uh, as as a manager, as as the head of a department. Uh, the one thing that, that you have to remember is 
everybody, everybody feeds off of your actions and reactions. So if you're always the doom and gloom manager or, or everything's always terrible, your crew is going to follow that. Sometimes as managers, you, you know, regardless of what's going on, you, you gotta, you gotta put on the smile. You gotta be, gotta be positive and, and go knock it out. And what you'll find is your people will follow your lead. They will follow, uh, a hundred percent. They would, they would much rather follow somebody that, that comes in and goes, Let, let's get this. And that would be the, the one thing that I think, I mean, regardless of the situation or what's going on as that manager, you, you have to walk through, walk through the door and, and be the positive person that says, we're, we're going to get this done, you know, today. And, and we're all going to, we're all going to do it together. And, and, and we're part of a bigger picture. The other thing for me would be to make sure that, that you're, you're building that relationship with each one of your employees and understand them where they want to be. What's their career goals? Where, where do they want to end up at? And then laying that out in front of them, because like I said earlier, not everybody comes in wanting to be the next next manager, and that's okay. It takes everybody to make uh, make these farms run, but helping them be the best that they can be, it goes a long ways. What a fantastic start here to season three of the Pig X podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more about ways to improve your swine operation, be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever platform you consume podcasts. And of course, tune back in next month as we continue to talk about hot topics in the swine industry. Until next time, I'm Delaney Howell, and this has been the Pig X Podcast. Pig X is a national podcast hosted by the Pig Livability Project partners at Iowa State University, Kansas State University, and Purdue, and supported by the Iowa Pork Industry Center. For more information on the project, head to www.piglivability.org or to inquire directly with questions regarding the project, email ipic at iastate.edu. Big X, ideas in the swine industry worth sharing.